following podcast contains coarse language and strong opinions on wine. Seriously, these two have potty mouths and little self-control. Listeners, you've been warned. Live from our basement studios here in suburban Chicago, it's another edition of That Wine Pod. I'm Pete, and sitting across from me, the Count of Campania, Vino Mike. Hello, everybody, and we are glad, glad, glad that you've arrived. Yeah, absolutely. At another episode. So this will come out much later <laughs> with the way that we're, we're Compare, recording. Com- and in comparison to, t- to today. Mm-hmm. But I do have to say congrats to you and your wife on an incredible accompl- accomplishment. You both ran the Great Western Half Half Marathon this last weekend. Yes, actually yesterday yesterday <laughs> and you made it to recording today and you walked in on your own power <laughs> exactly across the finish line uh, almost 24 hours ago uh to this moment and huge accomplishment congrats to both of you that's awesome <laughs> thank you thank you for that it was a lot of uh a, a lot of time and mileage and training and uh I'm, I'm definitely proud of myself and of her and thank you for uh you know being our run coach and helping us get there too yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's my pleasure. It's fun to to watch people hit these goals, you know, it's so much. It's so cool. Yeah. I think really, though, what the audience cares about and the only question on their mind, what was the pre-race wine? Oh, yeah. We went out to dinner um, the evening before a uh, nice little restaurant in Naperville, but they had corkage for 20 bucks. So I decided to bring a special bottle for us. It's our it's going to be our 10 year wedding anniversary this year. So I got some 2011s. Uh, we brought a Barbaresco, um, 2011 Barbaresco. Uh, let me get the name of that producer. It's so wild, um, but it's a really small producer. Uh, it's imported locally here by Novo Vino, and it is, I don't even know how to pronounce these guys, to be honest. La, La Co... I, I'm not. I'm gonna butcher it. I don't know, but it's Montefico, the Vigna uh, Vigna Brique Mentina, uh, a single crew Barbaresco. That is, it was just awesome, man. It was delicious. So had to had to go Piedmont, basically. Yeah, long winded yeah. answer to say Piedmont Barbaresco, ten years old. It was freaking delicious. That's unbelievable. So that means that, well, we've known each other then, right around the the 10 year mark because you were getting married basically when I met you the summer, the summer that you and I met. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Pretty... We're, we're coming up on our 10 year anniversary too. <laughs> Pete. <laughs> Way less special, <laughs> maybe a little creepy. Um, and then was there a post race celebratory wine or were you just trying to be in recovery mode at that point? Oh, you know, there was post race. All right. There yeah, we go. Yeah. And we had the, we had the, you know, it ended up being, like a summer day too. So yeah, it like, was so warm. Like the race kind of kicked our ass um, because of that sun coming up. Even at like you know towards the end of the race, it was about nine to nine thirty in the morning for us, and like that's the sun was beaten down. We're running into it on the back half of the course, so we were pretty spent. But anyway, the point being, 
hot, sunny day called for some cool, crisp, bubbly. So we had some Del Teto from Piedmont. Oh, yeah. Sticking with the Piedmont Piedmont bookends. That wasn't really planned, but that's how it worked out because that's, that's who I am. Uh, so we had their rosé, uh, the Del Teto rosé, uh, which is Nebbiolo Pinot Noir blend, and it is dry. Uh, spends a good amount of time on the lees. We've had that wine on the uh, on the show before. Not the rosé, but a Del Teto, like very serious sparkling wine from Piedmont. And oh man, it hit the spot. Hit wow! The spot. Yeah, so that I was can the, imagine. That was the post run um, celebratory bottle, and then we had um, just a simple dinner to go. Like I got a cheeseburger and fries. Just wanted some comfort food, and we popped open a nice Chinon from uh, Loire Valley. Wow, that's a that's a heck of a wine weekend. Yeah, you know, on top of the the race. So, and the Del Teto brought in by our friend Paolo, yeah, by Vuma, imported by Bevuma. So that's that's pretty good. You like and that? And now our audience will also see some of the strategy about when we try to record. Because I'm like, hey, can we do a can we do an episode the morning after the race? And <laughs> now we got a del- another delicious bottle of wine in front of us. Uh, it's about 10:30 in the morning here when we're recording, and um, perfect time to keep the wine flowing and help my muscles continue to recover and relax. Heck yeah! I mean, so to to transition into what we got going, I mean. Piedmont has some great white wines, just yeah. some world-class white wines. Yeah. Right? We were just recently tagged. Uh, one of our listeners popped open Agave, their first time having Agave. Ooh, nice. And they tagged us on Instagram. And uh, so shout out to trying something new. And uh, and uh, it's a nice white wine from Piedmont. So just wanted to throw that in there since uh, you mentioned. Yeah. And we love seeing what you're drinking. So mm-hmm. feel free to, to tag away. Yeah, it's so cool. Um. You know, and so I'm trying to, you know, other places that have some great white wines in Italy. I mean, people think of uh, probably Friuli, Venezia. Yep, the uh, north, the 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 northeast corner, very known for their white wines. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Some some out of Tuscany too. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, uh, I'm trying to think, maybe even Marche. You know, a little bit. Yeah, uh, you got like and Suave in the Veneto. In you the mentioned Veneto. Veneto, but like Suave, Marche. You'd have um, Verdicchio. Yeah. Um, yeah. And But we've decided that we want to talk about a region who has a trio of, I would call, world-class whites. Yeah. Uh, and it's in the, the south of, southwest of Italy. Yes. And it is called Campania. Yes. Which I, I think people got from the nickname. I mean, we usually tie, I try to tie that in. <laughs> But it's it's a region that's near and dear to to my heart for, you know, I think I've probably told part of this story maybe on air, but I know I've told the story to, to many people, so I, I don't remember everything. But I'll tell a story here about Campania. Great. Um, and we could kick it off that way if you if, if you want. Sounds good, yeah. I, right. I actually don't, I'm, I'm not sure of the story you're about to tell, all right. so I'm well, all ears it, too. Well, it, t- it ties right into the bottle. So oh, Cool. So the bottle we popped is from... Um, from Campania is a grape called Falangina. So it is from the a little area within Campania called Irpinia. And it's Corte de Giso or Giso. Is it said Giso or Giso? Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I think, you know, I would go Giso. Giso. Yeah. Um, so it's from Teradora de Paolo. And Falangina is a beautiful wine that can be... It, it's always highly... 
acidic. So high acidity, mm-hmm. not highly acidic, but high acidity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big difference between those two terms. <laughs> so you'll be drooling on the mic, I'm sure, yep. at this point. Uh, and also, it can be made in a style that's very crisp and orchard fruit uh, kind of driven, or that is got some, you know, even oak aging and can be more tropical. So it, it really kind of runs a really wide swath of styles. Yeah. You know, I, it's one of the first regions I ever visited internationally. Cool. In my wine travels. And so we were there on a trip and we get to Campania. We went all over the country of Italy in a van. <laughs> all over. South, all the way north. It's this. Who's this with? Do you remember? Uh, it was it was with an importer that nobody works with it at this point. Okay. Um, but it was really put on by, you know, those uh, consortiums. Okay. The, so the Italian government paid for it. Yep. Is, it. is what happened, right? Mm-hmm. So it was not many of us that, you know, packed in that van. Um, we didn't go to any of the islands, but we went all over the mainland. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool. So anyway, we're in Campania and we have a quick bite and introduction and we they said hey we're gonna take you to to kind of tour our cellars and tell you some stories and then we're gonna taste all the wines and i'm like this is great you know i can't wait because at the time i was not all that familiar with falangina i had heard of it but didn't didn't have a lot of examples of it i was much more in tune with other wines from the region like greco mm-hmm. and um fiano d'avolino mm-hmm. um much more in tune with those whites and they're world-class and maybe people think of those first in Campania. Um, I would overall. Yep. Greco is probably the best selling of them is, is my guess. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so we get there and so we go down uh, to their cellars and there's these really steep steps mm. leading down that were built way, way back originally and like early Roman times, right? Wow. Like where Rome had kind of, started to build its empire and we're not that far from Rome when you're down in Campania. So think the Naples area yep, uh, of, yep. of Italy. And we go down and as we're going down these stairs, there's a shrine. There's a bottle in an alcove. And it was their first their first bottling of Falangina. And it was like literally a shrine to the grape. Wow. And they explained that it meant like that grape means so much to them. That varietal means so much to them that that's the one that they highlight. That's what they put in this little alcove. And we go down into, into this super old centuries old cellar and it is just cold and rustic and beautiful. Right. And they start telling us the story and as they're starting to tell the story, I'm thinking to myself, I can't wait to taste these wines. Anybody who's going to make a shrine <laughs> to a grape, like I'm all in on that, right? <laughs> so they're 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 telling us how the reason that these cellars exist and they're basically a network of tunnels below the town was because if they traded below ground, Caesar didn't take a cut. Oh, wow. But if you traded above ground, Caesar took a cut like ancient bootlegging. So they would, they would trade below ground. Now this may have been for a very short period of time, just in that region have no idea. And when they say Caesar, they just, they, they, they kind of use Caesar as a, as like a general term. Yeah. Like we call facial tissue Kleenex, right? (laughs) Right. Um, Right. Whoever the Caesar of the time was. Right, right, right. (laughs) 
you know, so it's amazing to me yeah. that they built this elaborate system underground to just get away from a few taxes, Yeah, you know, back in the time. But I'm sure taxes then, you know, obviously it made a big difference, right? For sure. Uh, so then we- Caesar with his tweezer coming for your taxes, <laughs> coming you for go. your cut. So then we go back above ground. We taste through this series of Falangina that they've made in different styles and different, I mean, some that were- quite aged, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't know you could really do at the time, um, you know, with Falangina. And then they said, okay, we're going to have a bite to eat uh, out in the square. And, oh, by the way, there's a game going on. So I, it was some sort of cup. I don't I can't remember which cup because I'm not a soccer fan. Yeah. Football. <laughs> Football. <laughs> Uh, but they put it on a big screen. They roll this big screen out in the middle and they put a projector and whatever, you know, they've got this, this game playing Yeah, and it's like a festival in the, in the town square Right on. and they're making these seafood sausages. Wow. Like right on a grill and handing you a glass of Falangina with it. Yeah. Perfect. And right. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is happening here? I mean, it was so fucking delicious. What grows like, local goes with local. And that's right? all they were doing. It was all local stuff. Uh, it was such a magical time. I think Italy lost um, in their game. Okay. Um, so other than that, you know, I could care less. Yeah. But I think they were upset. So it was more European or international or something versus yeah. inter-country yeah. football uh, at the time? or No, it was inter-country. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was like a european cup or something okay of some sort but the interesting part was it was the first time like i had ever watched a soccer game really yeah. and they were trying to explain offsides to me <laughs> and i couldn't tell if it was the you know the amount of falangina i had drank by that point <laughs> uh drunk by that point or if yeah. it was how, that the rule was that confusing yeah i think it was a combination yeah because that rule is super confusing uh, <laughs> offsides and football and then throw in some uh, a bunch of a copious amount of falangina and some delicious so uh, food and everything. I and was uh, I, I just couldn't believe like what was going on. Like it was so surreal. Had a nice beautiful buzz going. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it was something that like we don't do here in the U.S. for yeah. the most part, right? Not I so mean, much. it's a small town. Everybody from the town was there, like because it's super tiny, right? These are tiny little villages. Yep. And, uh, so it was really cool. But at that point. To say the least, I fell in love with the grape. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Right? Really cool story. I've never been to Italy, full disclosure. It's uh, something I need to correct in the very near future. And I would especially love to visit Campania uh, because talking about small villages, there's one there called Matonti. Yeah, there you go. And that is straight where my name comes from. Um, you know, probably probably a different name. And they came over on the boat, right? Where are you right. from? Matonti. Right. Okay, that's your name, right? Well, Maybe. It's like mine. That's how I that's how I picture the story in my head though, like uh, yeah. the Godfather, right? Corleone. Right. Uh but um yeah, that would be my tie-in to the region and my other tie-in is I just love these wines so much. Um, you know, Campania, you know, there's there's four main not main. There are four DOCG appellations in Campania. Two of them are red, and I think a future episode will come about for those where you have Torasi and Alianico Tabernio. And this Alianico is the main red grape of this area. And I can't wait to do a show on that. But we're focusing on the whites today. For the DOCGs, you already talked about a couple of them. There's Fiano di Avellino. 
Um, so that's the Grape Fiano from the province of Avellino. And to the north of Avellino is a small village called Tufo. And the grape grown around there is Greco. So that's the other DOCG, Greco di Tufo. I think between the two of those, you're right. Greco di Tufo is probably the bigger seller uh, in terms of sales. Um, but Fiano di Avellino mm. is kind of the the king or queen of the white wines of this region. Fiano is a wine that you can age really, really gracefully. Oh, a little something cool for all you Sopranos fans. This is where the Soprano family comes from, Avellino. So a little Soprano trivia. I was a huge Sopranos fan. And uh, so Fiano di Avellino comes from there. Greco di Tufo comes around this village of Greco. And these are two white wines that all of you listening you, you need to seek these out along with what we're drinking today, Falangina. That's the main point of today's show. We're focusing on Falangina in our glass, but also want to include Fiano di Avellino and Greco di Tufo in the conversation. For the most part, these wines retail for 20 bucks a bottle, some a lot less, not too many more. Um, so I think you can find, especially Falangina, which we're drinking today, for on the shelves in U.S. retail, $15, maybe even a couple bucks less. $10 and under, I don't recall really seeing that price point for these wines, but I think you can, it's a safe bet to say $10 to $20 on average. So this is really affordable stuff. And these wines have so much heart and so much soul. Like this is a little hidden gem area for those that have perhaps not heard of these white wines and you might be you know i don't like white i drink more red that tends to be the case the most you know most of the time but you know don't tell me white wine ain't got no heart you just got to poke around and if you poke around in campania you are going to find a bunch of great great examples of white wine that are fun to drink so um Falangina, yeah, let's talk more about that and what we got in the glass. I think you you touched on the fact that it can be made in different styles. They even do pasito. You can find sweet, sweeter wines and sweeter dessert wines from Falangina. Um, I, they also pr- can produce sparkling wine out of Falangina. But for the most part, it's this bright, crisp, and fresh style. That, yeah, which that, is what we got in our glass. That we have in the glass now. Yeah. I like to tell people that have never had it. By the way, real quick. Um, Fiano di Avellino, this is actually when you move towards the east away from Naples, all of a sudden you hit like the foothills of the Apennine Mountains and you go way up in elevation. And they talk about Fiano di Avellino being a lot closer to the climate and growing area of Piedmont. (laughs) Maybe that's why we love these so much. Right. Uh, compared to Campania, because it's a little bit cooler. You're all of a sudden in mountains, and Fiano has this really fresh, like, green herbal and pine kind of aroma to it. And then Greco di Tufo, that's kind of named after the, the, the Tufo soils that they have there underneath some sand and clay. And those wines tend to be a little bit more... Um, chalky and mineral driven um and a little less aromatic falangina is like right in the middle like you get this um it's almost a combination of the two where you get this aromatic profile that's like fiano but you also can get this fruit and mineral component um from greco and i love to tell people that think a little bit of sauvignon blanc a little bit 
where you get like bright, fresh acid and some aromatics, but it's not as pungent. It's definitely not grapefruit and bell pepper and grass. It's not that hardcore. But if you're like, well, what's this like? Well, do you, you know, if you like Sauvignon Blanc or maybe fresh, crisp Pinot Grigio, this would fit somewhere in there. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, and also if, if by chance you're an old school wine drinker and you came across Valangina 30 years ago and tried it, it was much more linear. It didn't have hardly any aromatics. It was very acid driven. Yeah. Um, the, the ones that were more tropical driven were almost flabby. Um, and then about 20 years ago, it started to shift where they were much more concentrated on not making quote unquote bulk wine, but making pure expressions of the grape in in which was kind of full circle, you know, for, for the, for the region, like anything they did what drove in terms of economics when they had to. Um, and, and you got to remember Italy is, um, you know, it's, it's city states, right? And so there's been a lot of ups and downs economically and big swings, right? And then big swings politically. So the, the wine, wine has not always gotten, um, it's full attention over time. right? Right. So there's been some swings in quality. Uh, so you, you've got to not, you got to try to put that out of your head. Because this is a whole different ball game. If you're an old school drinker, and you're like Falangina. I tried that, you know, back in the '80s, and it was crap. Or back <laughs> in the '90s, and it was crap, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was. But now it's different. Yep. And you have this beautiful, super like almost citrusy, almost like lime coming through here um, with this wine. This is gorgeous. This is one of the the top producers, by the way. So just a quick, another quick shout out. You can of course see our show notes and social media, but Terradora, uh, Terradora Di Paolo is the producer here. And like they make, I think all three of the grapes that we talked about, they do a Greco di Tufo as well as a Fiano di Avellino and they're Falangina in the glass right now. I mean, these are all pretty benchmark and delicious so yeah this is gorgeous man it's uh, also 2019 vintage so nice and fresh yep which for the most part is how you want to drink falangina fiano as i mentioned you can like lay those down and it's not like there aren't any falanginas that can age but for the most part i think you want to like you know drink them young and fresh but I you agree. were talking about like the the lime and citrus component which is spot on i get a lot of um stone fruit out yeah. of this also kind of some peach uh maybe a little apricot, not deep, deep apricot, but just a little bit in that stone fruit category with the citrus. And then just these beautiful aromatics. Like it's a little bit floral, a little herbal. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Those floral tones and almost like a little bit of, um, like honeycomb, like, yeah, like the waxy yeah. honeycomb. That's great. Spot on. Like um, the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just a little bit of that, that gives a little bit of lift and body to the wine. Uh, this is a single vineyard effort too, which, mm is pretty interesting to me that the the fact that you can get this at such an inexpensive price and it's a single vineyard is pretty cool. Is that, is that what the Corte di Giso references? Do you know? I I think it is. Okay. Um, so I, I mean, it's, it's pretty wine. And by the way, I've had the 19 Fiano from, uh, Fiano di Avellino from this producer and it's phenomenal also. Nice. Uh, so I've had these two 19s now and it's something that I, this is a wine I buy every year. Right on. It's one of those that just, it always delivers. Yeah. Uh, and it's always about the same. I mean, like it hasn't really gone up in price, mm-hmm. which has been 
unbelievable. You know, it's mm-hmm. always been in this kind of 15 ish dollar uh, range, which is crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but as the weather now is warming up, yeah, this is a perfect wine to just sit out on the back porch and drink on its own. But it pair because of the acid, it pairs so well with a variety of foods. Yeah, man, for sure. The, uh, you know, the timing couldn't be better. You know, this, this episode is going to launch in kind of the heart of spring. And so as we're right in the middle of spring heading into summer, this is the time to stock up on some Falangina, some Greco de Tufa and some Fiano and really drink these throughout the course of the warmer weather season as you're, you know, grilling. Like I want with this, just a classic, like whole roasted fish on the grill that is stuffed with, you know, like the fresh herbs and things like that. And like a little lemon on top. That's to me, that is going to be so perfect with this or just some uh, you know, some sh- shrimp on the bobby, uh, some grilled shrimp with, uh, again, just marinated in some fresh herbs, a little olive oil, um, any kind of delicate seafood dish that you're you're doing. You can experiment with all three of these main white wines from the area, Falangina, Greco, and Fiano. Now, I also do want to say that if you're just shopping around and you come across a wine that says Greco on it, it may be a different grape variety and it may be from a different region. It gets a little confusing with Italy. Haha, <laughs> imagine that. But Greco di Tufo, the DOCG, that is going to be your Greco wine. Um, Fiano di Avellino and Falangina, you may find all sorts of different DOCs or regions labeled, but Falangina is for the most part Falangina. There are two different DNA Falanginas technically that was proven somewhat recently, uh, like maybe 15 years ago. Uh, but they don't really list that specifically on the wine labels. What very specific, like there's one that's uh, very much grown and related to the area of Benevenato, if I'm saying that right. Beneventano, Beneventano, I think. There's a little province in Campania with that name. And anyway, that's... That's getting super deep and nerdy here, but I just wanted to point out like the labeling with the great varieties. And what's great about this, it doesn't it doesn't say Arpinia. It says or just Arpinia. It even bigger is Falangina printed on the label. You're gonna see Greco di Tufo on the label. You'll see Fiano di Avellino. So it's one of the few areas, kind of like Alsace in France, you know, yeah. where you're getting great varieties on the label to help you out. Yeah, I, I actually like that. You know, for the American audience, yeah. it's been easier for me to sell it over <laughs> yeah, the years yeah. to get people and by sell it. What I mean is get people to try it. Right. Because yes. I don't want you buying stuff you don't want. Yeah. But when you're describing to me like a Sauvignon Blanc with some body and I want and I hope you want to here, take take this, but now try this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and give them a bottle of Falangina with it. Yeah. And especially like if they come in and they're like, hey, I'm, I'm making up uh, scallops tonight. What, mm. what do you got? Right. Falangina. Mm. Perfect. With, uh, mm. with scallops. Yes. Um, if you're a fan of like, uh, linguine and clams. Yeah. Grab some Falangina, right? The, one of the best things that I ever made, uh, on a grill. This is so many years ago. Now I did this grilled pizza with pear and walnuts and I had Falangina with it Ooh. and it was such a fun 
you know, such a fun pairing. It was so good. Right on. And it, it was it was just great, right? And then the other thing I always tell people is Falangina goes surprisingly well with things that are based with tomato or that have just like a little bit of salt and fat with it. This is also the home of San Marzano tomatoes. Yes. Yeah, and, and it goes really well with... So you can have this like with lighter... Um, tomato-based pizzas, even mm-hmm. um, you you know with not with that don't have a ton of cheese, but have maybe you know some right, yeah. but have different flavors, right? Like chiopino yeah. comes to mind. Yeah, nice little red tomato broth. Yeah, perfect seafood stew. P- perfect, and I've even done this with like I like to one of my favorite things is to have um, prosciutto and melon. Mm. You know, classic, and, and this even so goes good. with that, and and yeah, uh, in a strange way, right? Yeah, because it it's not prosciutto isn't so overwhelming, right? It's it, it's just a nice delicate ham, a little bit of fat. This acid kind of cuts through that, and the melon goes perfect with it. Pairs so, perfectly, yeah. You know, so it, yeah, it could be so much fun, you know, to to have this one around to experiment with, mm-hmm. you know, because of. The fact that it will be widely uh, popular with people. Like, I can't tell you how many red wine drinkers, you know, I've given yeah. this to and have and they've loved it. Mm-hmm. And it may be that high acid because oftentimes it's the Sauvignon Blancs, the high acid, uh, high no, no, that beautiful acidity for some reason appeals yeah. to red wine drinkers typically. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, something that you mentioned to the body. Like yeah. these, these yeah. have some weight to them. Um, I think Falangina would be the lightest of the three. Like yep. you kind of go up in body as you get into Greco and, and Fiano. Um, they're not super fat and heavy like a white Roan or an oak aged Chardonnay, but there's definitely more body than Sauvignon Blanc. Um, and again, they're not as pungent. They, they're really beautifully balanced between the fruit minerality there's a little bit of saltiness in this um as well like yeah you know sea nice breeze mineral. or you know something of that nature um we just recently did a muscadet episode and you know th- to me this has more fruit and more body and weight than muscadet but there's some you know just a couple similar characteristics that that would share with two both great with seafood both a little bit of salt um but this this is a little fresher i think yeah, and, and now that it's warming up just a little bit and having sat in the glass for about 30 minutes, I'm getting a lot more of that peach side. I'm um, getting a little orange blossom now. It's really kind of evolving very quickly yeah. in the glass. I don't uh, know what temperature this is, but it's perfect. perfect. It's perfect right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it is, this is a breakfast wine. Yeah. Right now, it's like perfect at this time in the morning. I yep. don't mind this at all. Hey, we, so, you know, I did a lot of blind taste practice in the morning. Um, we would have wine tasting appointments with vendors a lot in the morning. This is when your senses are the most awake. And, you know, to have a couple sips of a wine, maybe you're going to have this for dinner that night, you know, have a couple sips in the morning and really get into it. You know, you're not going to be tanked uh, off off a little bit. But I think that's a really cool, you know, kind of get outside the 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 four walls and being boxed into the norm of like oh it's dinner pull out a wine pop a cork drink it right away like no you can open the wine earlier and put it back in the fridge it'll be ready to go for dinner check in on it at lunch have a little sip you know wine is food in italy 
and right. we have food in the morning. We have food for lunch. We have food at dinner. Um, it's a different culture over there, of course, than here. But who's to say that you can't do kind of the same things? And especially like if it's the weekend and you're not working and things like that, um, you know, take that into into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's such a, I mean, it's an ancient varietal. Oh my gosh, these are super ancient. Yeah. I think Fiano is first mentioned in like the 1200s in terms of being mentioned in some writing. Yeah. So very ancient. Yeah, and and I think Falangina has been traced to Greece. I think it was first found in Greece. Okay. Um, so, I mean, this could be really, really ancient, right? With Greek wine going back very long way. Yeah. Um. You know, so it's just, I don't know. To me, it's kind of fun to drink history. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like that's what's happening when you and, get these wines. You know, look, these these wines have made a big comeback. They also were devastated by phylloxera. Yeah. And they lost a lot of the plantings after phylloxera. And it took uh, some very great producers to bring these grapes back. And we're drinking one of them. Another one very famous from the region is uh, Master Bernardino. So these are going to be producers that should be relatively easy for you all to find out there. Yeah. So Terradora, Master Bernardino, and then a third one would be Fu- uh, Fudi de San Gregorio. Oh, Fe- yeah. Feudi de San Gregorio. That was my first experience with these wines from Campania. We had a Greco di Tufo on the list at Timponi's. For those that are brand new to the show, that was my first job in the wine business around 2000, 2001. And we had Greco di Tufo on the list. So that was my first exposure by Feudi de San Gregorio. So again, we can list some of these producers in the show notes and on social media so you can understand, you know, the spelling and go look out and, you know, go, go try to hunt them out, hunt them down and find some. But those those three or four producers are great. And then that that one Falangina brought in by connoisseur um oh yeah san salvatore yes i think that's right oh my gosh that thing is and they they do the fiano that's in it what is it a 500 ml bottle and unique and squat looking bottle Um, i'm not sure why they do that but they do Um, that's an awesome producer i don't know how widely available that one is san salvatore but they're falangina for i think you know right just under $20 a bottle. Holy cow, is that thing delicious. That's right on par with with Terradora here, and it would be a personal preference as to which one you might like more, but that's a top top recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are a lot of really good, I mean, it's good tips and, and stuff you'll be able to find, but in the end, like we always say, go to a shop, talk to you know who's in there, and see what's up. Mm-hmm. They may or may not know these wines well. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. If that's the case and you need a little bit of uh, a hint, reach out to to us on social and, you know, we're happy to to give you a couple of hints. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know? this is the fun part about doing this stuff. That just made me think, too, you know, a couple of other white wines from the area that we've carried uh, from Vesuvio. This is, you know, Naples, just south of Naples is Mount Vesuvio, volcanic slopes here. This whole area is like ancient volcano. So you just have awesome soils for grape growing. But on the slopes of Mount Vesuvius is the Vesuvio wines. Uh, They do white and red, but the whites are great. And the white is pretty much a blend of mostly uh, Verdeca, a grape called Verdeca, and another grape, Cota de Volpe. 
Oh, right. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I wanted yeah. to, this is a little bit more off the beaten path than the three main whites that we've talked about on the show, but yeah. I did want to give a quick nod to especially Cota de Volpe, uh, which the the bunch, the grape on the vine, it it's really, really long and hangs low. And that translates, it looks like a fox's tail. And so Cota de Volpe translates to the tail of the fox or the tail of the white fox, something of that nature about how the bunch looks on the vine. But Cota de Volpe off of Vesuvio, I mean, if you like mineral-driven white wines, this, this is definitely one to check out. And then that's also where Lacrima de Cristi comes from. And yeah. maybe some people have heard of, of that. The Tears um, of Christ. The Tears of Christ, which to my understanding, to put Lacrima de Christi on the label, it's just a higher alcohol content. So maybe it's their reserve wine for the Vesuvio DOC or something. Uh, you know, I don't know why they came up with Lacrima de Christi as the designation. That could be a whole nother episode. Well, there's <laughs> but, a lot of, yeah, there's there's a lot of rumors or, you know, like legend on, on how that came about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be white or red lacrima de Christi. Right. So, and again, we're kind of talking the whites today, but so besides those main three, we're going to just keep pounding them in your ear. Falangina, Greco di Tufo, Fiano di Avellino, uh, di Avellino, uh, look out for Vesuvio Bianco, which would be a blend of Verdeca and Colta de Volpe. And then some producers just bottle a hundred percent Colta de Volpe. They may have to claim an IGT or a different DOC or something, but, um, again, what's so helpful about this area is you're going to see the grape varieties on the label when they do that. And it remind when you said Cordo de Volpe, it also reminded me of the, uh, Italian restaurant oh, in fuck, Chicago, it's so right? Good, yes. On Southport and Roscoe. Yep. It's so flipping good. Cordo de Volpe. So if you're in the Chicago area and you haven't been there, yeah, that is definitely one to, uh, I'm kind to of go check out, right? That was, that was a Billy Wallace thing, right? Uh, from Gage. Yep. Um, yeah, that group. Oh um, gosh, and what group. was the other guy? Well, I'm O'Donnell, sure. Ryan O'Donnell. Okay, yeah, Valio. Great restaurant. Been there a couple of times. I'm tired of saying this place has the best right? X, <laughs> the best Y, the best wings, the best. But one of the top best pizza places I've ever been to super classic Neapolitan style pizza comes out with the scissors like they don't cut it comes out whole that there's like those scissors they send out with you and you cut your own pieces off and uh there's and really creative and just absolutely delicious so that's what I immediately think of um with that restaurant but they're all about southern Italy with the name Colda de Volpe named after the local grape variety here in Campania so yeah, I mean, this is nice that we're not sponsored. We can just give shout outs to all of this, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. I don't know what, hopefully they're getting going again here. Like it's springtime. Restaurants are opening a little bit more. I, I think I, they are open. I hope um, so. I think they're, a ma- you know, just like the typical mask on, you know, coming in and um, the staff wears their masks and, mm-hmm. um, you know, all that. But I, I believe they're open now. Yeah. So it's, it's. I mean, we're, we're getting back into the swing of it. I mean, mm-hmm. we went out for pizza with with my parents this this last weekend nice um on saturday night we went to aurelio's the original aurelio's in homewood oh cool so for us that's very nostalgic because you know both my wife gretchen and i and my entire family have been going there since you know we were kids little kids i went to grade school at saint joseph in homewood which is right there Mm -hmm. um it's right by aurelio's so you know like the the remembering all of that time, it was a trip down memory lane for us, you know? So we Mm -hmm. went there and 
we went early so there wasn't a lot of people and you know got pizza out of the old oven and just really enjoyed it awesome i'm making notes mental notes over here for myself go to the original aurelia's yeah town that sounds awesome yeah it's uh it's really really fun so anyway well dude this was fun because it's a region that i don't think a lot of people maybe they've had wines from there but maybe they're not concentrating on it or thinking of it yeah um I mean, it, I think the general wine-loving population probably doesn't quite think about Campania right. that often um, for whites or red. So definitely wanted to shine the spotlight on it and maybe turn some people on to some new wines. Yeah, I've got some Ionico, uh, Ionico uh, aging right now. There we and go. Because that, that, can be, that, that can be a big wine. Yeah. So I can't wait to come back to that one. Yeah, we'll leave it. We'll leave it. Uh, leave this episode with a little teaser for uh, part two with the reds with Alianico because those are some of our favorites yeah. to drink also. And you can get outside of the Campania region into Basilicata. And there's some phenomenal wines to talk about and talk about that grape in general. That deserves its whole own show. All right, sweet. Well, let's turn off the mics and go finish this, vo- Hell <laughs> finish this yeah, bottle I'm on ready. our own, right? <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Remember, life is short. Drink what you like tonight. Thank you for listening to That Wine Pod. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at, at That Wine Pod. And we are That Wine Podcast on Facebook. Also, check out Mike on Instagram at Vino Mike. And Pete is at Fat Man Stories. Please subscribe to That Wine Pod on your favorite podcast app and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show. The music is Proto-Funk by Kevin McLeod. That Wine Pod is a production of Paragon Media. (laughs) 